The surprising truth about following Jesus is that he gives you permission to do something that you might have previously thought was shameful. Hey, this is Gabe Kolstad, and I want to thank you for joining me here in the middle of your week for some motivation. Uh, We're going to be talking today about how you keep going and growing in the middle of a life that's constantly throwing you curveballs where sometimes you do slip up and you still want to be able to have a consistent growth spiritually over time to get closer and closer, not only to your creator, but also to your purpose, which can seem very challenging at times. And uh, and here's the, here's the thing that Jesus gives you permission to do, is he gives you permission to commit to him over and over and over and over again, which, you know, you might have looked at that in your past and thought, no way, man, that's called inconsistency. But I want to talk to you about the life of a guy you might have heard about. His name was Peter, as in the Apostle Peter, as in St. Peter, as in the, the Peter that billions of people have been inspired by in their faith journeys to follow Jesus and to recognize one very important factor. He wasn't perfect, and yet he became the kind of pinnacle of what a human following Jesus could look like. You know, a person that sacrificed deeply, that made a humongous impact in his life, and again, wasn't a perfect man. And so I want to I want to share a little bit about his his down. Okay, we know he had lots of ups, but his down, like the the downest down of Peter, was when in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 26, when he denied Jesus. In fact, he denied Jesus not once. You know, you may have made a big mistake in your life, um, and and you've you've learned from it. Uh, Peter made three big big mistakes in a row, denying Jesus three times. And it says in Scripture, after he did that, he wept bitterly. As a matter of fact, if you read the rest of the gospel, you find out that he left kind of his role as a spiritual leader, and he sort of disappeared back into his former life of being a fisherman. And then Jesus shows back up on the scene and he reintroduces himself to Peter and he invites Peter to do something kind of like unbelievable. Uh, He invites Peter to make a fresh commitment to him. In fact, he invites Peter to do this three different times. He asks Peter three different times, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. You I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, obviously we all know I, I denied you. And then he says it again, and he says it again. And what I love about that account is that Peter then shows forth his humility, shows forth his, his vulnerability, and Jesus brings him right back in to the fold and also puts him back in a leadership position, but this time with even more authority. And then Peter becomes this foundation of this entire movement that swept across the world. And if you've been thinking to yourself, I'm just not good enough. I just don't have what it takes. I'm just not consistent enough. I want to challenge that. And in fact, go back and listen to our Sunday message at Westside with Pastor Steve Barker, where he talks about this idea that it's okay to commit again and again and again and over and over and over. And it's this progressive you know, growth. Now, I want to, I want to tell you why so often this is a, a misunderstanding in our faith and why we sometimes we, we discount ourselves from being able to continue. But before I do that, I got to, I got to kind of paint the picture of what's going to happen if you don't learn this lesson that it's okay to keep committing, that that Jesus is inviting you to keep committing to him. And, and really what we know is if that happens, you're going to stay stuck in your faith. But we also know none of us stay in one place, right? You've been in this place before where something was going good in your life and then you sort of 
coasted backwards, but you, you didn't just stay in one spot. You coasted backwards. And that happens in all areas of our life. We know here toward the beginning of the year that happens physically, man. I mean, I, I always start out the year gung-ho, excited about my physical journey. You know, I've got plans and all that stuff. And sometimes, some years, uh, I get to, uh, you know, a couple months in and all of a sudden I'm like, oh man, I'm actually worse off than I was when I made these commitments. And and so what we want to understand is, is that if you don't learn to keep committing to where Jesus is calling you, you may just end up further back or you may just get stuck for a really, really long time. And none of us want to see that. So I want to give you an understanding of just a real simple thing. And that is that salvation or following Jesus, this life that he calls us into, is really three changes. And they all have to do with freedom. We're in a series called Finding Freedom, and I want to unpack this because I think it might unlock for you what might be missing in your understanding of what's called grace. Grace is simply that thing that God gives us that we don't deserve, and it gives us freedom. So I want to tell you that salvation, uh, following Jesus' relationship with God, is three things. The number one thing is it's freedom from the penalty of sin. In the Bible, it talks so clearly that sin is wrong. You know, sin is, is doing anything that's against God's will. And we recognize, yeah, God gave us a free will and he does have standards. And so when we cross those boundaries, there are consequences. And and sin, uh, crossing the boundaries that God has for our lives, it does have consequences and there's penalties for it. And what we know is that the scripture teaches us that the wages of sin is death or separation from God technically eternal separation from God. And so that's a that's a horrible price to have to pay. But the Bible says but the but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that's a beautiful beautiful thing. And so uh, what we know is the freedom from the penalty of sin is is called justification. In other words, we're made right in God's sight. Picture a gavel in a courtroom and uh that that the judge is slamming that down and you know when he slams down he's saying innocent you're innocent. When you believe in Jesus, you're innocent. You are justified. You are made just as if you'd never sinned. Bible says in Romans 5.1, it says, therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. And so when you give your life to Jesus and receive that gift of salvation by believing in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, what we know is God makes you right in his sight. The gavel comes down. You are declared innocent, not guilty. And uh, that's your forever stance in God's family. But that's not where it stops. The second thing about knowing Jesus is that it gives you freedom from the power of sin. So first from the penalty of sin, and secondly, from the power of sin. That's called sanctification. These are big Bible words that we don't always use in normal conversation, but uh, I want you to picture a tug of war, because that's really what this is, is that you know, you've got forces on both sides pulling for your attention, for your allegiance, and, and so sometimes, you know, the, the forces on the bad side are a little bit stronger. They got an extra person on their team and it's pulling you in the wrong direction. And what Jesus is giving to us is freedom from the power of sin. It, it says in uh, Romans eight twenty nine. listen to this, it says, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In other words, Jesus, his mission in your life while you're here on earth is for you to become more like him in character. But what we know is that that is not an instantaneous thing. The gavel, the gavel's instant, right? Boom, not guilty. That's a stance thing. That's a position thing. That's, a, that's when you're made right in God's sight by what Jesus did for you. That's a standing thing. 
But the other piece of being freed from the power of sin, man, that takes a lifetime. And the truth is that a lot of times it's two steps forward and one step back. I mean, we could we could talk about it like that's not true, but if you've had any experience in spirituality or in following Jesus, you know that it's true, that you take two steps forward and sometimes you take a step back. And you can either decide to quit in that moment or you can get back up off your butt, dust yourself off and say, Jesus, I'm coming back again. And that's what he invites us to do, which is so surprising uh, to this world. Grace catches people by surprise. It takes people's breath away. When you realize that he's standing there waving you back toward him, he's, he's, he's encouraging, he's cheering you on, get back up, come back over here. Um, it's so refreshing to know you do not have to be perfect to follow Jesus. You do not have to be perfect to be used by God. You do not have to be perfect to make progress. What a relief in my mind, I hope in yours as well. The third thing that we learn about salvation or about following Jesus is that it gives us freedom from the presence of sin. Now, this is different, okay? So I want to I want to make sure that this doesn't get confused because the big theological word for this would be called glorification. So we had justification, that's freedom from the penalty of sin. We had sanctification, that's freedom from the power of sin. And then there's glorification, that's freedom from the presence of sin. And I want you to picture a rocket ship taking you to another planet. Because in many ways, this is total separation from the environment and the atmosphere where sin happens or can even can even happen. And, and so it's removal from the actual possibility, from the, from the actual acts of sin. What we know is that is not going to happen while you're alive on this earth. And so uh, like where the gavel comes down as instantaneous, the tug of war takes a lifetime to build the disciplines and the awareness and the strength and the community and, and all of that to be able to win those wars all the time. Uh, with the the justification or the freedom from the presence of sin, that, you know, the rocket ship, that doesn't happen while we're alive on this earth. That's the transition to eternity. And uh, in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says this. It says, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. It says we do know that we're going to be like Jesus. I mean, think of the... The one thing that you wish you could change about yourself, your character, maybe you've got a propensity for something. You know, me, I've, I tend to procrastinate. I mean, that's just kind of like always been a thing for me. And I've worked on it, and I'm probably a little bit better than I used to be. But the truth is, I still procrastinate more than I should. One day, I'm going to have the discipline to do the right thing at the right time because I'm going to be like Jesus when I see him. Now, that is not going to happen while I'm here. And I, And here's what I think the big misunderstanding is for people, and probably, let's be honest, a big letdown sometimes for people who are saying, I want to follow Jesus. And in our minds, we're like, I get freedom from all this stuff. Yeah, but not yet on this one. Uh, not not yet even on the power thing sometimes, right? It's a tug of war. It takes a while. Um, but, the, but the freedom from the presence of sin, that's a someday thing. That's a heaven thing. That's an eternity thing. That's a hope thing. Yeah, we're going to get there. It keeps me going. You know, it's a promise that God gives to those who believe. It keeps me going. It keeps me going when I screw up to remember, okay, I'm not home yet. One day I'll I'll be with Jesus and I'll be like Jesus. Oh, I can't wait for that day. I got a chance uh, recently to sit down with a friend who's been diagnosed with a terminal disease. And 
there's some perspective that comes when you talk with somebody who understands and really has accepted their limit of time. There's a perspective that comes. There's a gravity that comes with those conversations. When you're face-to-face with someone that knows their time is very limited, their perspective is sharp, you know, their resolve is strong. And my friend was looking for that clarification, that confidence that we all want to, to, to know that God loves him, to know that he's in God's family, and to know that his life still matters, even though it might be limited. And we talked about this resolve to say, with the rest of the time that you have, let's make sure you get as close to God as you can possibly be. And we were both so excited about that. And, you know, I hope that's inspiring to you to think, you know what? Following Jesus is surprising because he has more grace than anyone ever expected. And if you've fallen down recently and you're trying to figure out whether it's worth it to get back up and keep running toward Jesus, can I urge you? Can I beg you? Keep coming. Get back up. Dust yourself off. Realize that he wants you to commit to him again. And this is your day. I hope this has been encouraging to you. And I want to encourage you to do three quick things. One is subscribe. I hope you'll subscribe to this podcast. And secondly, is to share it. Share it with somebody that you know that might need some hope today. And then last is stop by. Swing by a Westside service. You can do that online uh, at westsidecommunitychurch.com or you can swing by our campus right here in the Portland, Oregon area. We'd love to see it. Either way, we hope you have an awesome week.